a question. How many of you have ever said something like this to yourself? This year, I want to go through Advent and Christmas differently. This year, I want to take more time to be quiet, to reflect, to drink in a deeper meaning of the season, to experience the real meaning of Christmas. This year, I want to experience it in a fresh way, without raising your hand. Have any of you ever said something like that to yourself? And for those of you who have, how many of you have gone right on through the season, getting caught up in the same old routines and busyness, and at the end of it all, look back and say, did I really catch it? Did I really do it? Or did I miss the opportunity to really see it all deeply and discover it anew and afresh? If you are like me, then there have been years when that is exactly what happened. Oh, I'm not suggesting you didn't enjoy things or see many of the beauties of the season, but to have truly touched, to have truly seen Christmas, well, maybe it was all just a spiritual blur. This year, to help us see more clearly, more broadly, and more deeply, we are looking for Christmas using a variety of perspectives. Last week, we took a view from the near side as we attempted to go back and approach Christmas as if it were for the first time, to sense the anticipation and expectant hope that the children of Israel must have had as they waited for the arrival of the Messiah. And two weeks ago, Michael helped us explore the view from below, recognizing that the same spirit that was present at creation, that hovered over the waters, was the same spirit of God at work in Christ coming into human flesh, all from an earthly perspective. And today we want to gain yet another perspective as we take a view from the far side. How we see it and what we see have everything to do with how we process and integrate experience. So, I'm hoping you can all hear me. Good. Keep listening. So I'm outside now, going to the far side of our property here at the neighborhood church. And you can see this way, but I can feel the breeze, the spirit blowing out here as I look back from the far side of the property to our church and to all of you. It's a different perspective when one stands at the far side as opposed to the near side. And I'm doing this physically so that you can have a sense of what happens when we change our perspective. I'm a little windblown. Could you hear me? All right. The sound system works. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, that's an example of the realm from physical life of the far side. But now let's move beyond that to the spiritual 
realm, and the world of faith. You see, sight is a faculty. Seeing is a gift. Seeing is a gift. Joseph Wood Crutch observed, the rare moment is not the moment when there's something worth looking at, but the moment when we are capable of seeing. Is this not more true in the realm of faith? We cannot change reality, but by faith we can change the way in which we see reality. And I know that cuts against much of what we're experiencing in the culture around us right now, where people want to describe what reality is independent of whether it is really truly reality. But reality is what it is. The way we see it is so important. And as people of faith, the way we see what's going on in the world around us is very, very important. I want you to listen to how W.H. Auden put it in his piece, For the Time Being. To those who have seen the child, however dimly, however incredulously, the time being is, in a sense, the most trying time of all. In the meantime, there are bills to be paid, things to keep in repair, irregular verbs to learn, the time being to redeem from insignificance. Our time being redeemed from insignificance. Is this not what looking for Christmas is all about? And so today we are taking a view from the far side as we venture a peek at the Magi who came after Jesus had actually been born. Now I know that I'm getting things a little bit out of order in terms of the sequence of how we're supposed to go through Advent. And I know many people would critique me. Some of my old seminary professors are probably rolling over in their graves about now. Because you're not supposed to deal with the Magi until after Christmas, at Epiphany time. And you're not supposed to sing We Three Kings of Orient Are until after Christmas. But we're going to sing it today. You know the story of how the wise men came from the Far East to discover the newborn king. You see, for us, they came from the far side. They offer a different perspective on the Christ event. Remember, they were from Persia, and they were not Jews. They were not part of the Jewish faith. They were not Hebrews. They represent an acknowledgement of something very different from a different perspective and place. As we sit here this morning before Christmas, let's try to go to the far side and see if we can't gain something of the perspective of those journeyers in time who came from afar and who came after the event itself. Three pieces of poetry will help us do that. The first is a piece called B.C. A.D. This was the moment when before turned into after, and the future's uninvented timekeepers presented arms. This was the moment when nothing happened, only dull peace sprawled boringly over the earth. This was the moment when even energetic Romans could find nothing better to do than counting heads in remote provinces. And this was the moment when a few farm workers and three members of an obscure Persian sect walked haphazard by starlight straight into the kingdom of heaven. 
The second is another piece from W.H. Auden entitled The Three Wise Men. The weather's been awful. The countryside is dreary, marsh, jungle, rock, and echoes mock, calling our hope unlawful. But a silly song can help along yours ever and sincerely. At least we know for certain that we are three old sinners, that this journey is much too long, that we want our dinners and miss our wives, our books, our dogs, but have only the vaguest idea why we are what we are. To discover how to be human now is the reason we follow the star. And then third, a piece called Stargazing by Greg Jackson. The trouble started when the three went to school to learn about the stars. Who can make a living stargazing, their parents asked. Then they discovered a miracle in advance. Scientists and believers, they followed a promised star to a holy family. Those who wander through life without examining it lead no one anywhere. What light are we following this year, and what will we find really? Will we discover how to be human now as God has fully created us to be? Stars have always had to do with origins and destinations, so it is a little wonder that the Magi were led by a rising star. They were open to something outside the familiar. They left their homeland and their familiar territory and journeyed into the unfamiliar, not knowing exactly what it is they would find. Faith and vision open us to something new. The wise men were moving outside of the box. A view from the far side today allows us the opportunity of thinking outside the box and using our imaginations. What was the birth of Jesus really like? Well, I'm afraid we'll never know for sure. All we have is the the tradition that came many, many years after the event itself. And other than the shepherds and the wise men, we know very little of the circumstances and the timing. Did Mary have a long and painful labor? Were she and Joseph lonely at the time of Jesus' birth, being in a strange place away from their family? Was it different than our picture book images? Jesus was not Caucasian. What was he like, really? He was not born among the elite, but as the impoverished and the outcast. You see, a view from the far side allows us to imagine the birth in ways we've never seen before if we let our imagination be led. By God's light. And we don't have to stop there. I want to invite you to open yourself to imagining more, not less, about the birth story during these coming days as we lead up to Christmas. And while you're at it, did you glimpse the connection between the other text from John that Linda read for us, which also has to do with the far side of faith? Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me, Jesus said. In my Father's house are many dwelling places, many rooms. 
If it were not so, I should have told you, for I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I shall come again and receive you to myself, so that where I am, you may be also. And my way there is known to you. And Thomas blurted out, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus replied, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. You see, the far side of faith also has to do with eternal life. Eternal life. And while we know very little of what that looks like, we have come to know it by faith and what we know in Christ. And so, we often talk about the gates of heaven, right? So if I walk through these gates, and if they're closed, you get a partial glimpse into what lies on the other side. And if I go further yet, there are other rooms back here. Because there are many rooms in my Father's house. If it were not so, I should have told you, for I'm going there on purpose to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare it, you also will come to share in the life God has in store for you. Not just here, but forever. Thomas John Carlyle connects to the far side in two sentences of reflection called, I never know. I never know whether this will be the last Christmas tree I see this side of heaven. So I light the lights each evening, try to drink in the aura and the details, and feel the ineffable meaning and the joy this replication affords me. Relationships, known and lost. Jesus came into the world, was born, lived, died, and was resurrected by God. Friends, Jesus came into a dark and broken world to show us a new way to be. He showed us a new way to love one another. Christmas is coming, and there are so many lonely people. People lonely for home, people lonely for peace, refugees, prisoners, the starving, outsiders, people lonely for food, people lonely for home. We are lonely, Lord Lonely for loved ones whose chair at the table is empty this Christmas. Lonely for children who have grown up and gone away. And for those who haven't yet really let us into their lives. You know what it's like to be lonely, Lord. There in a manger. No room in the inn. There on the road, no place to lay your head. There on the cross, no one to take you down. Oh, let us lonely ones. Find one another again. In my Father's house are many rooms. 
And I go there to prepare a place for you. With the stars and the magi, with earth and heaven, as you are looking for Christmas this year, don't be afraid to take the view from the far side. Amen.